This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. I'm Bill Pollack. Coming up, we'll hear about the Thompson House up near Trenton and the restoration that's been done by a husband and wife and the progress that they've made. Uh, We'll get started. Anthony Morbeth catches up with Republican Representative Hannah Kelly, uh, who spent the past couple of years talking about adoption and fostering and is now hoping to provide a solution of what you call daycare crisis. First of all, thank you for the opportunity to chat about these issues and individuals that are part of Missouri's future, I believe. Um, You know, I would say the foundational work over the last seven years has been the foster care and adoptive tax credits. And now this year we're focusing, you know, on the conversation of the daycare crisis. Many people, and I don't disagree, we do have a daycare issue. We need people to go to work. We need people to be able to, um, to keep, to keep the economy moving forward. However, I think we better be really careful in what we get in the business of. And there's been options laid on the table in the form of business tax credits. I don't disagree that business tax credits for to basically reward businesses for investing in daycare. I don't disagree that that's a good idea. I think it's a good idea. But I also believe that if we don't hold a multifaceted focus on the kitchen table, as well as our businesses, that we're going to be sorry for that. Because at the end of the day, you know, I'm a business owner. If I have money available to invest in a daycare in hopes of getting a tax credit back, that is not what I'm going to do with my money. Because it is too dang expensive to get, go loan money for my business. If I have cash, I'm going to need to invest it in other places. And that's reality. And I think people listening to you in this interview would probably agree with me. Um, that's the reality of small business. And Missouri is built on small businesses. And that's why last year when the uh, tax credit bill was brought forward that would basically give benefits businesses for investing, I simply attached a bill that we are working on and making ready and better because there is no perfect bill. Um, I attached a bill last year that basically gave parents a very fiscally restrained um, non-refundable tax credit for child care. So if you're a working parent in the state of Missouri, that bill basically gave you an opportunity to get some rebate back on taxes owed to the state of Missouri at the end of the year. I believe that families do know what's best. I believe that parents do know what's best for their children. And I believe with the right kind of empowerment that our families can be strong, our economy can be strong. And I believe that that investment at the state level has the best and biggest return at the kitchen table long before any kind of corporate tax rebates. And I will end this with with saying, I'm not a purist. I have friends in this building who are purists and they don't vote for corporate tax credits and, and, you know, or they don't vote for any tax credits at all. I'm not a purist in that regard. I very much take bills as they come and take them on a case by case. What is right? What is best? How will this affect the people of my district? Um, So I'm not sitting here saying that the plan that is floating out there, um, that kind of came off of last year's conversation about corporate uh, tax credits, more or less, for investment in daycares. I'm not saying it's a bad plan, but I'm saying that we have to look at the kitchen table. And I promised my people that I would always keep my focus there first. And so that's why I'm focusing uh, and working on language that we're getting ready to file, that, Lord willing, you will see begin to move through the process that offers opportunity for working parents to get the help needed to address the daycare crisis at their kitchen table. Simply put, what would your proposed solution addressing daycare do? 
my proposed solutions stand alone, hypothetically speaking, which you and I know that's never the way it is, right? But hypothetically speaking, on a standalone basis, this would, um, last year's structure, I believe it had a cap of three children per home, and you could get a set amount of money back on your taxes up to, I think it was three three kids under a certain age cap, and I don't have the information in front of me, but what it did was it allowed for credit back to the parents based on the amount of money owed the state because they had made money and worked during the year. You know, a lot of people don't know refundable tax credit, fully refundable tax credit means you get it back no matter what. Okay. And then the non-refundable tax credit means you only get it back based on what you owed into the state. So in other words, if you owe 4,000 to the state or 5,000 or 8,000, you could take that credit off based on what you owed right? So maybe sometimes you don't get to take the full credit, but the credit is there at the table for the benefit of the family to where if that family can get back $700 this year on their taxes because they followed the proper process placed within that policy that we are working on based on the hope that it would pass and get to the governor's desk, it would directly hit the kitchen table. It would empower the families. It is reflected off of a federal credit that currently exists and basically creates a state credit um, that is a general reflection of what is a federal credit for child care. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask Representative, what is Missouri doing to help the children waiting adoption? There are thousands of children available. Uh, I know that there have been proposals to work with faith-based organizations, but overall, these numbers I'm reading are more than double the national average here in the state of Missouri. Um, we put more money into the budget for a various amount of things that um, I don't have in front of me to quote right now, but there is a general understanding at large of the importance of making sure that we have the right amount of caseworkers in place, that we have the right amount of assistance, you know, in the form of, of legal services to make sure that kids are not, kids and families are not getting stuck in the cracks. Um, and I know this is very generic language, but it is the core of the issue. I will also tell you, as a member of the House of Representatives for the one more year that I have before I'm termed out, I understand fully now more than ever that my friends in the Department of social services. I have a job to do. Yes, they're my friends, but I have a job to hold them accountable to making sure that they're doing their job. And I intend to do that job well, because nine times out of 10, it's not a new law that needs to be passed. It, the facts are, is we need to make sure that we are working with the statutes and policy guidance in place and interpreting those correctly and doing our job with what we have. Nine times out of 10, I find that the issues within the department are more of a administrative error than a policy error. I've never seen a bill perfectly fix anything. The facts are, is we need to work together to make sure that we are administrating the, um, the process around the care and welfare of those within the foster system right and well to where they can get on to a permanency. Again, whether that's bio or foster or adoptive, they need to be able to get to a permanent place in life. And we don't need to have an idea that the government is a good parent because we are not. Now, for the listeners, I fully respect the director. He's doing a great job. He's given it everything he's got. He is not perfect. I am not perfect. But my focus this year is going to make sure that more than ever that, that we as a state are doing what's right with what we've got on the books. Because if we're not doing what's right with what we've got on the books, then how can we expect a new law to fix something? It would simply throwing money 
at the DSS address the problem. My reason in asking is because in following and listening to all of these committees, the one thing I have consistently heard is the shortage of staff members to address all of these problems. So if I could be governor for a day, I would privatize the case management. Not because our case workers are not able to do the job, but because private sector always does better than government. I, I, if I had my way, would work with partners who in the industry who have figured this out long before my time to where the state could focus on hotline and overall management of the system and the private sector could focus on the case management and the trench work. I think the answer is the caseworker who goes and works for the private sector, they're nine times happier. You want to know why? Because they are in an environment that quite frankly, once again, I mean, it goes back to my example of government does not a good parent make, right? And government is intended as an operational functional, you know, these departments intent in my mind is to make sure that we, we keep things on the tracks, right? But we should not be too big for our britches. We should not, you know, smaller government, the better in my book. And I believe if we could move the vision in the direction of children, of, of the Department of Family Services to more of a management oversight role and get them out of the business of casework, I think that's where the real answer is. I've seen other states do it and they've been successful. Um, if we could focus on on a different vision instead of trying to fix a broken will, build a new will that other people have already built and written a map to. And that, these are the conversations that I'm having going into the new year that I believe hold parts of the success. Um, but in the meantime, working with what we have, there's what Hannah would hope for. And then there's what is right. And those don't always match up. So yes, we need to make sure for the last four years, I've been supportive of increasing the pay of caseworkers. But to your point, money is not the only answer. You've got to have good leadership at your circuit level. You've got to have good leadership at your department level. You've got to have good leadership within your tiers of management. You've got to have, um, a healthy environment where there is no fear of retribution for speaking up when you think there's a problem. You've got to have all the things, right? And that's where we're at. We are not privatized. We are here where we're at. And so my focus to your point is going to be on continuing to advocate for more pay, but money does not hold all the answers. This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri.